Hello again listeners and welcome to another edition of the Just Checking In podcast. This podcast as always is brought to you by Vent, a place where everyone, but especially men and boys, can open up about their mental health issues, break down stigmas and start conversations. As always, I'm your host Freddie Cocker and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of Vent. As you may know by now, each pod I check in with a special guest. We have a natter about all things mental health as well as anything and everything else they're passionate about. If it helps that person with their mental health, we'll discuss it. On to my special guest now, and this is someone whose story is an inspiration, not just to people in his community, but is now known nationwide because of the impact he's had, because of the recent award he's won. He's overcome adversity and has changed what could have been a huge negative in his life to a positive, which now drives him to help others. So I'm delighted to welcome Kieran Thompson onto the Just Checking In pod. Kieran is a youth worker in Nottingham and was recently given the Unsung Hero Award at BBC Sports Personality of the Year in Aberdeen. Kieran, welcome to the Just Checking In pod, mate. First of all, thank you so much for travelling down to do this. Really appreciate it. Uh, must be an early start for you. Yeah, it is. It is. But yeah, I'm happy to be here. So. Excellent, excellent. Um, now, I know you're a busy man, so shall we just crack on and get started? Yeah, let's go. So the best topic to kick us off with, Kieran, is to talk about your journey. So firstly, just talk to me about your early childhood experiences, your teenage years, where you grew up, and if you had any early mental health experiences back then as well. Yeah, okay, so for me, uh, my my mum had me quite young, so mm-hmm. she had me when I was 15, mm-hmm. um, so she was a young parent. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously for her, it was hard struggling to cope with a, a newborn when mm. she's like a child mm-hmm. herself mm. and I mean we grew up in a area that it, it was kind of it was a deprived area mm-hmm. um, of Nottingham um, it had high antisocial behaviour mm. and violent crime rates and yeah and so obviously growing up in that area it was kind of a struggle um, seeing Mm. Like lots of different things, mm. what like children shouldn't be seeing mm. at that age, mm. um, and like going to school and um, when when I was younger, I I always had like a short temper, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know what that was from. I, f- I feel like it was to do with like situations. Mm-hmm. Like I faced in my childhood, mm. um, having a short temper and not really knowing how to deal with it. Um, mm. Do you think it was like a survival instinct a lot? Yeah, of it? definitely. Yeah. Because what I what I feel like is that I didn't have a um, father figure mm-hmm. growing up, and I didn't have many positive male role models around me. So no teachers or anything like that either. No, no, mm. not really mm. any teachers. Mm. Um, when I was at school, the teachers really used to just say like I'm a bad behaved child Mm. and that's it they didn't really there was no empathy there was no sort of seeing your potential and trying to mentor you it's really sad yeah Yeah. and so yeah it was uh, it was a struggle for me Mm. kind of Mm. growing up in that kind of Mm. I mean my mum tried the best that she could but Mm. at the same time it um, takes a um, you need that male figure Mm. in your life to say Okay, this is what like a man should do. Mm-hmm. 
mm. this is what they shouldn't do, you know. Mm. And um, I never really had that guidance, but I feel like I was missing mm. out, which I really could have done with in my early mm. childhood. Mm. And just before we move on to sort of secondary school and sixth form time, I just want to touch on the yeah. influence that your mum had there, because mm. as you said, you know, she was a child, bringing up a child, essentially. So, yeah. you know, obviously we, I think she's probably going to listen to this pod when it comes out, yeah. but if you had a message to give her about yeah. sort of the influence she had on, on your life when you were growing up and yeah. the, the hardships and challenges she had to deal with, what would you say to her? Yeah, well, I'd say that, I mean, she's done a, an amazing job mm. in dealing with what she had to cope with in her personal life mm. and then having to raise me as well. She's done an amazing job and, like, I just thank her mm. for um, doing that the best that she could, mm. really, mm. with the circumstances that she was given. Mm. And when you sort of get to secondary school in sixth form time now, who's the who's the kid we meet at this point? Is this someone who had an idea of wanting to engage in youth work or had some ambitions about what he wanted to do or mm. are you in a completely different mindset altogether at this no, point? so I'm still kind of in the angry mindset mm. where I'm a, a kid that's just wanting to let out my frustrations mm. on the world. So in secondary school, I always used to get into fights mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was quite a big kid mm-hmm. when I was like when I entered into year seven. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the kids used to think I was like in year eleven, mm-hmm. you know, because I was so big. And so um, then I got obviously challenged by a lot of the older mm-hmm. kids. Um, so they saw you as a threat, maybe? Yeah, because yeah, yeah, of your yeah, size. Yeah, they saw me as a threat, and with me being like so short-tempered, like a lot of the kids used to try and tease me and try to egg me on to mm, fight and mm. stuff like that. And I just used to do it, you mm. know. Um, and so, like, my, yeah, my mindset was far away from mm. ever thinking that I would mm. be doing any sort of youth work or mm. anything like that. Did you ever have any outlets at the time to sort of release that, no, like boxing so, or sport or just anything really that you yeah, could use so, to distract yourself? Um, in year seven, I did... Start so this is where I feel like sport is such a powerful tool mm. in terms of mental health mm. and basically getting young people focused and mm. giving them a drive. Um, so I started athletics when I was in year seven. Mm-hmm. There was like a form I remember, like an orange form that was going around all the classes, mm. and I looked at it. All, all the other kids threw it away, and I mm. looked at it and was like, mm, "This looks interesting." <laughs> you know what I mean? So then, like, I went down to the local athletics track, and then and I never looked back. Really, mm. um, yeah. So I did athletics up until the age of. 15, mm. um, where I was competing in 100 and 200 metres and like the relay and everything like that. And that did really help with like helping my mental health. Mm. Like, it just give, gave you a drive, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it gave, yeah. Me, it gave yeah. me a massive drive. Like, hey, this is what I want to do. And this is what I want to achieve, you know. Mm. Um, and then like it, it took me away from all the distractions mm. that were going off. You know, um, maybe at home or that was like out in the community, mm-hmm. like with my mm-hmm. friends. Like if my friends went said like, "Oh, let's go do this," and like, uh, no, I got flex. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so like it took me away from something that maybe I could have been getting involved into mm-hmm. bad situations. You mm-hmm. know, and like I went to training instead. Mm-hmm. So that was a massive kind of outlet for mm-hmm. me. Um, 
we we get to eighteen now, yeah. and in two thousand and six was when you experienced this horrific gang related mm-hmm. attack after you went to yeah. a, a house party in St Anne's, which is an area of Nottingham. Yeah. Now, if you can remember, and if you if you felt comfortable, sort mm-hmm. of just talk to me about the build up to that night and and the discussion you had with your mum as well, and then sort of the incident itself, and then the aftermath. Yeah. Okay. So. To, so 2006, we went to, it, it, so we went to a part, I used to rap back mm-hmm. in the day. Grime, um, hip hop, yeah, road yeah, rap, yeah, 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 yeah. Grime, grime, yeah. Um, and so I remember vividly, we was at the party and everyone was like trying to show each other, mm-hmm, trying to get mm-hmm. onto the mic and mm-hmm. everything like that. Lord the mic style, yeah yeah yeah, 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 literally just like that. And, um... I remember the DJ saying, everyone, get back, get back, because, like, they was, like, trying to rock the game mm-hmm. and everything. Like, it's getting a bit wild. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mad. So, like, I told the guy next to me, you know, get back, yeah, because, yeah. <laughs> like, it's getting a bit crazier. Mm-hmm. And he, the guy gave me the dirtiest look mm-hmm. you could ever imagine. And I was like, really? Uh, and um, i just never forget, I'll just never forget that moment. And then... Um, did you sense danger at that point, or did you just sense like this guy's being a bit weird, and I'm just trying to like yeah, spit some yeah, bars? That's yeah, what it yeah, was. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't sense like any sort of danger or anything like mm. that. I was just like, like we all just because mm. to... your vibes in, you know, you don't yeah, normally yeah. expect that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. so that's what it was, and then um, obviously a few months later, um, my friend said, "Oh, there's this girl's 18th birthday party mm-hmm. in St Anne's. Um, you coming?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, let's go," um, and I told my mum that I'm going to a party in St Anne's. Mm. Um, at the time, there was, like, loads of people around my mum's house mm-hmm, and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone was just, like, enjoying themselves. There was, like, mm. foods and everything. And my mum was like, oh, just stay because there's loads of people here mm-hmm. and, like, and just enjoying themselves. Like, you don't need to go. And, like, obviously, my mum knows, like, at the time, the reputation of St Anne's, mm. um, it wasn't a good one. And, mm. like, there's been people, well, a young girl a few years previous had died mm-hmm. um, by being shot, just, mm-hmm. like, in a drive-by shooting. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, my mum was, like, a bit worried mm-hmm. for me to go mm-hmm. there. And, but I was, like, determined. I was like, no, I want to go. You just want to have a good time. Yeah, you know, you had that innocence of youth. Yeah, 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 yeah of exactly. course. I'm 17, you know. Like, you get invited like, to a house party, you want to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. There's girls there and mm. everything. So, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going. This is, like, okay then. Um, like, what she did, she gave me her gold chain like mm-hmm. what she was wearing with mm-hmm. a cross on it mm-hmm. and um then like she kissed me and then like i went out the door and mm-hmm. like, went to go meet my friends um and then so yeah we went to we went to sometimes mm-hmm. and then when we was walking up the road to the house there was a the same guy that gave mm-hmm. me the dirty look was in the he was in a range rover mm-hmm. and he and like he stared at me and I stared at him. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And then um we we walked into the house, there was there was three of us. Mm-hmm. There was me and two of my mates and we walked into the house party and then we was just there enjoying ourselves. Um we was back up against a wall, just like chilling, and then a guy came up to us, um, it was one of the mates of that guy who mm-hmm. stared at me mm-hmm. and he said to my mate, why are you pushing me for? And we was like, what do you mean? So he was looking to start something. Yeah, he was looking yeah. to start yeah. something. And we was like, what do you mean? Like, you 
why why are you pushing me um we we've been standing against this war all mm. this time so what's what's the issue and so then when his friends start to get involved mm. and the same guy who stared at me um he got involved as well mm. and then they eventually get kicked out of the party mm-hmm. because they're being so rowdy mm. um and then about 10 Minutes later, we we just kind of enjoying ourselves. Mm. About ten minutes later, um, they all came back trying to climb through the windows. Mm. Like there was a little gap in the window, was all trying to climb through it, and it was kind of scary. Mm. Thinking, what are these guys mm. on, you know? Mm. Um, and then eventually, because that I think there was another fight that happened mm. inside the party. Um, and then it eventually gets locked off and the parents had enough, mm. you know, um, and then like, they kicked everybody out. And then we started walking out the house um, and then there was literally, there was a sea of kids, there was like guys on both sides of the streets mm. with like baseball bats and Jesus. bottles. Okay. Um, and we were thinking... Wow. And at the time, we were still ignorant because we didn't think anything of it. Like, we didn't think it was going to be for us. You just thought, like, this is happening, we're just going to get away from it. Yeah, 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 literally. So we we just carried on walking. And then, like, I was walking in front and then there was two of my mates that they were walking behind me. And one of them gets hit on the head with the bat. And um, I look around and I see two of my mates running the other direction. Mm. And so when I see that, I started running the other way. Mm. And then um, I look behind me again mm. and all of them are starting to run after me now. Mm. I'm thinking, what the hell? Um, and it was dark. I didn't know where I was going at the time because mm. sentence isn't my area. Mm. Um, I, I've probably ever been there once or twice before. Mm. Um so you're in fight or flight mode, basically, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, literally, so literally what I did, I stopped because what I didn't want to happen, I didn't want to go into a dead end mm. where they could end up battering me to mm. death or mm. something like that. So I turned around and basically I was like, come on then, let's go. And like I tried to run back towards the party where I know I'd see somebody that I knew. Mm. Um, and so that's what I did. And then like... They just all started hitting me, punching mm. me, baseball bats, mm. glass bottles. And then I remember I seen a friend that I used to go to school with and I shouted out his name and basically collapsed in his arms, mm. um, went unconscious and I kind of woke back up in mm. hospital. Um, and I had a, I had seizures mm. for two weeks. I got a permanent scar at the back of my head. Mm. So I had to have a catheter fitted. Um, and it, it was to that point where so that they released me from hospital um, but I kept having these really bad seizures mm-hmm. and so like it was a point of like something needs to be done and then yeah I remember I had a seizure um, and then I blanked out and then I woke back up mm. in hospital mm. um, because yeah, it was, it was so bad. Like, mm. basically, the swelling on my brain had become so big. It, yeah, they had to put me back in. So then I was in there for another two weeks. Mm. Um, and then 
Instead, I was releasing that. Eventually, it got it got better. Mm. And sports after after that, I didn't go out for a good few weeks. Mm. Um, I didn't go out for weeks, and then when I did eventually go out, mm. um, I was like, I had my hood up. Mm. I didn't want anyone to see. Me. That was gonna be my next question. Now, did you ever have those mental mental scars about you know were you mm. kind of looking over your shoulder a lot oh, yeah, were you worried about were you getting that sort of paranoia about mm. sort of maybe quite harmless situations like a group of people are standing on the other side of the road you might be thinking actually yeah. there's something going on here do you know mm. what I mean did, yeah. so did that develop as well yeah, yeah oh 100% mm. and, and so like it kind of lowered my confidence a bit as soon as I was like getting to that point where like my confidence was building up mm. after like all the stuff that I had been through like in early childhood like um, my confidence was like scattered back down mm. you know um, and so that was yeah it, it wasn't good at that time um, but like what did start to happen is obviously cause so I'm walking through like the city centre and everyone like hearing about what had happened mm. to me um, people were coming and like thing is like I've never been in no sort of gang or mm, anything mm. like that um, but people because I used to go to school and I used to live school network like, isn't it yeah, yeah yeah of course and because I used to live um, in my younger years in a rival area mm. to St Anne's mm. um, obviously I know them people that still live in that area mm. and so they were coming up to me and saying like oh you want to go get revenge mm. like let's go up there with a gun and mm. like shoot and I was like no like <laughs> I don't want to be part of any of that kind of thing you know mm. because like if we go and do that then like that's a never ending cycle I don't want to go to prison mm. <laughs> you know what I mm. mean I don't want to see you guys go to prison mm. um, and like I don't want to hurt nobody and like it it can just have a lasting effect it could like this the cycle could be continuing to this mm. day, you know? And so, like, I was thinking ahead and thinking, I don't want to be part of that at mm. all. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of... Like, kind of left it at that, really. And, yeah, and then... But then what I thought is that I can't make what happened to me just, like, run the rest of my life. Mm. Like, I have to go out there and just start mm. living again, you know? Mm. And so and I've I've always wanted to get into the youth work kind mm. of thing mm. anyway. Mm. And so it was a thing of, for me, because um, my grandma, so I spent, going back to my earlier years, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother. Mm-hmm. So when I was eight, I went to Jamaica to live with her um, and spent three years out in Jamaica with her. Um, and so like she had a massive impact on me um, in terms of like what she used to do in the community so back mm. in Nottingham she was a youth worker mm-hmm. and she had been doing it for 10 years so she was the person who got you into it basically then yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so basically while I was living with her um, I used to go to the youth clubs with her mm-hmm. and everything and I used, used to see like the impact in the mm. community that she had on the young people and how like the young people looked up to her and mm. um, yeah, then like just the older people in the community as mm. well. And I thought I want to be like I want to kind of aspire mm. to that, mm. you know. And so 
yeah, it was a kind of things where like she was the the main inspirations for me to get into youth work. So what I so what I did, I remember I don't know if London had a place called Connections. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I used to I, I used to go into Connections and um, I'd ring up every single youth work well community centre. And um, I asked them if they got any volunteer opportunities, and it was like, yeah, when can you start? Um, and so, yeah, it was from there really that like I started my volunteering, mm. like my my volunteering role. Mm. Um, and just before we move on to yeah. um, the the basketball project that you started, yeah. that I just wanted to touch on just that one point where you mentioned how people were coming up to you saying, you know, do you want to take revenge? We'll help you do this. Yeah. Was that almost like? one of the first exposures you got to how gang culture can be seen as glorified because people are mm-hmm. trying to protect other people who belong to a certain gang, if that makes sense, and how you needed to change that mindset by changing it, your approach to how they were asking you as well. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. So, me, it's about breaking that cycle, mm. you know. Um, too many times there's a lot of, so a lot of young people, like back then and still to this day, like we've got a lot of pride mm. and um, their ego gets mm. uh, better. And how that toxic masculinity can yeah. affect them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's a massive thing in the community where we need to really break it down. It's like, oh no, they hurt me. Like, I, I can't, I can't deal with that. Can't like, be seen as weak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't be seen as weak. I've got to go and deal with that you know mm. because people are going to be saying stuff about me saying mm. I'm a pussy or saying mm. this mm. or I'm saying that so yeah it, it was a thing of like no I'm going to break that cycle I'm I haven't got too much pride and ego that I'm willing to risk my life mm. again mm. you know what mm. I mean for for that just because people are saying I'm weak or whatever mm. I'd rather people say that I'm weak than me getting to dangerous situations mm. you know and so that's the thing where I'm just trying to I was trying to break the cycle mm. and know? um and looking back now obviously this group of this group of people who attacked you yeah. obviously now doing the youth work that you've done how do you how do you view those people you know do you look back with almost pity that obviously these boys must have obviously they were warped to the extent that they were having they were fighting over no reason whatsoever and attacking you how do you sort of view them as well yeah um so i can see i feel sorry for them mm. to be fair looking back at it now um obviously they were around the same age as me like mm. 17 18 all the stuff was like 19 mm. and like yeah i just feel sorry for them that they um were so kind of small-minded mm-hmm. that they felt like just because I'm in their area mm-hmm. um, or just because I told them just to... They looked, or, the, or someone looked, one of them looked at you funny and mm-hmm. therefore, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so it, it's, that, it's that kind of thing, really, where, yeah, I, I feel so... It, it's a thing of, like, where, where they've... How they've grown up and where they've grown up in the area with um such like how high child deprivation mm. levels um and um not a lot of things for them mm. to opportunities, do. opportunities and stuff yeah. yeah yeah they felt like they just 
they they live in this little bubble mm. like they and they hardly come out of their area mm-hmm. you know and so it's that kind of thing of um like if there was more opportunities for young people to broaden their horizons mm. really mm. and see that there's so much more to than just your area and like the lack of positive role models again mm. in the community you know that like they can look up to and not look look up to like the next like gangster mm, that's mm. next to me you know mm. and um yeah it's just that thing of um if there's more of that than like it, these kind of things wouldn't have happened mm-hmm. and now just moving on to your basketball project now which you started called helping kids achieve yeah to intervene in children's lives in a positive way just mm-hmm. tell me a bit about that and what your objectives were for it yeah so safe haven for young people where they can come and just be safe, mm. you know? And um, so that's the premise of helping kids achieve. Mm. And and so, yeah, in what, what we do basically is, we obviously we have our basketball project mm-hmm. and um, once they come in to our club, then they'll be given wide range of different opportunities so we'll have like for instance we've got dance sessions for young women we've got a young women's group Mm -hmm. we've got um we have counsellors that Mm -hmm. come in we do um role plays with Mm -hmm. the young people Mm -hmm. um like we put them on training courses Mm -hmm. um and we also create young leaders Mm -hmm. as well which that mentorship program so they can mentor other people once they've got to that stage yeah Yeah. exactly that and so yeah it works really well so then like obviously we're we're doing so much with them so that we're making them realize that there's so many more opportunities out there for mm. them and mm. like I'm just making them realise their potential potential that they have you know um, there's young people that have kind of come into my session so that basically what we do we deal with early intervention mm-hmm. so we're working with young people as young as seven mm-hmm. up to like the ages of 19 but like our core work our real core work is from the ages of seven up to around 14 mm-hmm. so we're trying to get them young before like it it gets to a point of no return mm-hmm. for a lot mm-hmm. of young people and so what we're trying to do is um create that positive create positive role models mm-hmm. in the community for them because i mean <laughs> When you think about it, there's plenty of positive role models in the community, more so than negative ones. But mm. it's the thing of the negative ones are always highlighted more mm. than the positive ones. The loudest ones. people always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It is exactly that. And so what we're trying to do is um, create more positive ones and put them on the pedestal mm. and so I'm giving like the community that opportunity to come down to our sessions and volunteer and show these young people that there's a lot of people in the community that actually care about you mm. you know what I mean and not wanting you to get into um 
dangerous mm. situations mm. where that they they can end up um, getting groomed into different scenarios. Mm. Really. You talked about um, the sessions that you run and the ones you ran for women's sports groups as well. Mm-hmm. You also run sessions um, on, a, on a Friday, I think, um, yeah. in Bruce's estate, which is actually the place where you were attacked, which I'm sure mm-hmm. must have taken a huge amount of courage to do. Yeah. So tell me, what was your thought process behind that decision, as I'm sure many people wouldn't have done that? Yeah. And also, um, what are your plans for the project going forward and how do you plan to expand that work of message of hope? beyond your community and and within it as well yeah so um we got there on on friday night we 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 run them sessions on the brewster's park um like i've been given the opportunity by um a housing association (laughs) um they've been seeing the work that i've been doing Mm -hmm. in borwell and in bestwood which is another area in nottingham Mm. and they reached out to me and said, like, would you like to do some work in, on Brewster's estate? And I was like, I thought about it. And I, I was a bit hesitant. Mm-hmm. Because I was thinking, That's natural. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, you know, like, I could potentially be working with the children of the people that mm. beat me up, mm. you know? Mm. Um, so I had that, like, in the back of my head. Um... But now I thought, you know what, I have to go and do it because I have to try and break that cycle, mm. you know. I, I don't want them young people doing the same thing to another young person mm. that come in, that comes into the area. So, like, if I can, like, nip it in the bud from early, then, like, I'm doing, I'm doing a good mm. job, you know. Mm. And so, yeah, I didn't, after thinking about it, it was a no-brainer and I just had to, I just had to make the bullet and do it. Mm. And so um, my first session was really, like, emotional. Mm, must have like, been a bit weird as well. It yeah. was very weird because <laughs> I walked past the street where I got beat up mm. for the first time. So it was, very, was a very surreal it sort was, of moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, was a, it was a surreal moment. And, um, yeah, I thought... Yeah, I feel like I'm doing. I feel like I'm doing something good here, mm. you know. Um, and so yeah, we went on. We went onto the park and we ended up having like, it was like twenty kids for our first session. Mm. And I was thinking, yes, this is this is great. And like the good thing about it is, um, just before, just before we um, started the session on on the park, I. I did an article mm-hmm. on the um, Evening Post, mm-hmm. the Nottingham Post, um, about me going back onto the estate to do some work um, where I'd been beaten up. And a lot of the young people on the estate had seen it. Mm. And so like they were coming to me and I was like, oh, I saw you in the post mm-hmm. um, talking about how you got beat up in the estate. Mm. And like, it was like, no, what you're doing is really good. And like, thank you for mm. coming onto this. Was podcast. that a surprise to you? In fact, like what was good about it is like they put it on the front page. I was on the oh, front wow. page. Yeah, so like, they're probably, they're going to Tesco or going to the corner mm. agents or this scene. Mm. So yeah, um, so that I feel like that was very powerful in young people actually because I did it for them mm. really I mm. wanted them to see it and I'm glad that I didn't have to go and show them like oh this is mm. what I 
what's happened to me like they've seen it for themselves mm-hmm. you know and so yeah i feel like it's really powerful in terms of like yeah i can i can i kind of make a difference to these young people's life and like it shows the young people that i care enough mm-hmm. to come onto this estate after all what happened mm. and still come on there to help him, mm. you know, and I think that sends a strong message to the young people and the community that no matter what you go through in life, you know, you can always turn it into a positive, mm. whether it's uh, if you've been through the most negative situation, you can always turn it into a positive and make something good out of it. Mm. And um, and just on that, in the years since that you've been a youth worker, you've been doing this project, yeah. what are some of the most positive and most uplifting stories you can tell the listeners about? Maybe a young person whose life you've tried to impact. And also, on the reverse, has there been any young people who've really helped you learn about yourself as well? Yeah, so... Um... Yeah, so there's been young people that have come into my sessions and when when they came in, they weren't really wanting to do anything. Sort of not engaging a lot. Yeah, yeah. 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 So um, I noticed that and like, I was like to them, like, so what do you guys like doing? Mm. You know, um, and you know, I was trying to find out their interests and what they wanted to do and so like yeah I made them um, a young leader mm-hmm. um, and since then like she's been helping out in the sessions being a really positive role model to mm-hmm. the younger kids in the sessions and mm-hmm. out in the community so like not only do we just do the sessions um, once a week um, we do we go about in the community and do community events as mm-hmm. well, be part of community events and like she's really helpful in terms of that engagement with young people, telling young people about what we do, you know, and I feel like it's good that we have that kind of young role model in the community and like she's, and I nominated her for an award and she ended up winning it mm. for um, her contribution to the community mm-hmm. and so like now her self-esteem and her confidence she's seen that change yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah massively and like she she just feels proud in herself now mm. that she actually feels like she's accomplished something mm. you know whereas a lot of young people feel as though like the world's always against them mm. you know what i mean and they don't feel like they're making a difference or mm. anything like that so and that was one of them and then like, we had a other young male called um well i'm not gonna say any name then that's but, fine um, yeah, yeah no yeah. worries no worries but, um yeah he came, so he's come in and like, he used to say to me like how um, he feels like he, he, he came from Portugal when mm-hmm. he was 14 and um, like he's always loved basketball. Mm-hmm. But um, It's big in Portugal. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, really yeah, big yeah, in Portugal. Yeah, yeah. Massive, yeah. yeah. And so... Like he's come, he's come over here as a fourteen-year-old, like not learn, like not knowing a word of English mm-hmm. or anything like that. He said that he he taught himself how to speak English by like going on Google and stuff mm. like that, and like really determined because like he wanted to fit in and stuff mm. like that. And you're saying how his mum's 
struggled as a single parent to, mm. to help him um, to pay for like things like basketball fees mm. and stuff like that so like he can play in the league and like so, and he can train and um, and so like see so I I recognise that and so like I said I said to him that like if you come you support younger peers mm-hmm. then what I can do uh, see I can give you like paid opportunities mm-hmm. um to do um to do other coaching mm-hmm. you know um and so like he was he was really up for that um and so like I started paying him a little bit of money so he could put in his pocket I also put him on a refereeing course mm-hmm. as well so a basketball refereeing course um, and he, he did that and then now he referees every weekend and he earns up to like 60 pounds mm-hmm. a week and so like he's so thankful with that now because it's enabling him to put money in his own pocket and support himself rather than having to rely on his mom mm. which he feels and kind of guilty for mm. you know and so like it's given him that independence and like said how much it's um, helped him mm. and sorry his mum's reached out to me as well mm-hmm. and saying how thankful she is and how like I'm she feels like I'm now part of the family mm. for that support that and how did that make you feel it was very overwhelming because mm. like, thing is I just do what I'm doing not looking for that kind of any sort most of, of us don't do we yeah no. yeah you just do what you do you just want to help mm. right and and so yeah, it was really it was really humbling mm. for her to see that. And just um, before we go on to the final question, Kieran, mm. I just want to ask if there's probably anyone listening to this body might be in your local area. Yeah. Where can people find helping kids achieve? Is there a website? Um, yeah. You know, how can they get involved? Basically, or if they want to bring their child along. Yeah. So if you want to get involved with helping kids achieve, you can find me on my personal Facebook, which is Kieran Thompson. You can find me on Facebook through Helping Kids Achieve, mm-hmm. Instagram, Helping Kids Achieve. Um, we did have a website, but I had to take it down because it's too expensive to run. Okay. Yeah. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, or you can um, reach out to me through my Gmail, which is helpingkidsachieve1 at gmail.com. Excellent. And just finally, Kieran, if there's anyone listening to this pod, might be a young person, might yeah. be at risk of going down a dark path, mm-hmm. what message or advice would you give them? So I would say to them, just keep going. Yeah, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel you know um the situation that you're in now won't last forever i used to think when i was younger that the situation that i'm in is just going to last and like this is just going to be it but there is always that light at the end and you know you just have to keep plodding along and keep pushing and you'll get there i mean rome wasn't built in a day yeah so you just have to keep being determined and you'll you'll get there you know so yeah that's my personal now a massive part of your journey kieran and it's one which has sort of catapulted you into so many great opportunities helped us meet each other as well by when i when i saw you win it was when you won the unsung hero award at um bbc's sports personality of the year now first of all just tell me um how you were nominated for it 
and how you felt when you found out you'd been nominated as well. Yeah, so I was nominated by the organisation that had originally given us funding for the basketball project. Mm -hmm. It was meant to be a pilot project um, for six months, but because of the success, it actually carried on. Um, And so one of the people from the organisation nominated me for the award and mm. like she re- I remember being in a meeting um so it was I was at a thing called the Ending Youth Violence mm-hmm. Network meeting and um I saw her name come up on my phone I was like this is important I'm <laughs> <laughs> just had that feeling yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so I was like to him, sorry I've just got to leave the room to take a phone call and um I answered it and she was like hi Karen um how would you feel about me nominating you for a an award mm. for the Unsung Heroes Awards? And I was like, really? Mm. <laughs> like when she said it, I could have like computed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like I could have started crying, and um, I was like really humbled by it. like, oh, thank you, like because there's hundreds. Mm. The people in the East Midlands that are doing amazing things, mm. and so, like, yeah, she could have nominated anyone, mm. and for her to nominate me was was amazing. Mm. So, like, yeah, I couldn't stop saying thank you, thank you. Um, and then, yeah, I went back into the room, and like, I just had like the biggest smile on my face. I'm <laughs> <You laughs> struggling to hold it in. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I just had to blurt it out and say, like, <laughs> I've just been nominated for Unsung Heroes Award. I was like, wow, oh, congratulations. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, that was, that was really nice. But then it was a thing of, um, I didn't think it was going to go anyway. I was like, I was thankful for the nomination. Because you only got told you were getting put up for it you weren't yeah. actually got the nomination yeah yet, had exactly you? Yeah. yeah so basically what they said to me is that because she rang me i think it was she rang me on the friday the deadline uh was on the sunday mm. um so what she said is just to um, send us some information about what i do and mm. everything and so like they can put it and type it all up mm-hmm. into the nomination mm-hmm. and so like i didn't do it straight away um i think i must have left it to like the saturday Mm. to do it and send it her and then um on the sunday morning i rang her up just to double check if she had um sent it all off and she said she hasn't yet but um she'll be doing it by the time the deadline Mm. finishes i was like "Uh, okay Um, but i never heard anything Back from on that Sunday, um, it was not until Monday she had rang me back and said that she had um, sent it all off mm. and everything, like, and it looks really good. And I was like, oh, okay. It's a bit <laughs> of sigh of relief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I was thinking, okay, you, so you can nominate him, but then, like, then, like I might not be nominated <laughs> at all, you know? <laughs> so it would have been like, oh. Um, and so, yeah. Also, I didn't hear, I didn't expect to hear anything back because... Uh, East Midlands, it's a it's a big region, mm. and like there's probably like tens of more whatever people mm. that have been nominated mm. for the award, and so I was thinking, oh, okay, I'm not gonna hear anything back. I'm just grateful that someone wants to recognise me for the work that I'm doing. And then um, I think it was three days later, um, I get a phone call from the BBC, 
and um, like the, they're ringing me and saying, oh, um, just to double check that you are a, um, you do volunteer. Mm-hmm. Right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I volunteer, like I don't get anything from it. Mm. Um, and I was like, okay. And then um, a couple hours later, they rang me again asking for some more information. And mm-hmm. I was like, hmm. Okay. Um, so I gave him that, and then um, I think the next day they rang me, and then um, I was on the I was on the tram. Mm-hmm. I think I was going to go cut my hair, <laughs> and um, I got a phone call to say that I'd been selected as a mm-hmm. top three finalist, mm-hmm. and so that I was like. God, that's when like the tears started mm, coming mm, there. I was like, mm. oh my god, really? Wow, like out of all them people that have been nominated, like you picked me to be a finalist. I mm. thought that was thought that was amazing. Um and so but then it was a thing of again, I didn't feel like it was going to go anywhere. Mm. Um so what they did is they said that they was going to come out and do a video on all of us mm-hmm. um, as, a finalist, as a finalist and then they're going to select obviously mm-hmm. the winner from that um, and so yeah they, they came out and did the video um, and then you see it went on to the East Midlands news mm-hmm. and obviously everyone got to see it and when I saw it I thought okay mine's mine's good mm. and, like, I was looking at the Always, I was thinking, wow, oh, they're amazing, mm. you know? I mean, there was one guy, um, he had had seven strokes, sorry, he had had three strokes in seven years, um, and he encourages other people with similar illnesses to keep fit and active. Mm. He just ran the triathlon, um, and he's running Mount Snowden next year. I was thinking, how the hell am I going to beat this guy? Mm. This mm. guy is amazing. Mm. Like, there's no way I am going to beat him. Um, I showed in your reaction was when you got announced as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Genuine shock, yeah. Yeah, so literally. So then, obviously, um, when they said that was going to surprise the winner at their session, and uh, I was thinking, Thursday, okay, they haven't come to any of my sessions. Mm. Friday, mm, maybe they will. Mm. Like, I don't know. Um, and so, yeah, I was at my session on Brewster's, and they... Kate, a camera guy came onto the park. I was thinking, you're he, he saying like, oh, don't worry about the camera. Like we just said to do like a, a radio interview. Mm-hmm. Like, hmm. <laughs> um, and then the presenter comes down and like, awards me with the word. And like, mm. as you said, if you can see the um, shock on my face mm. when I got it, I was like, wow. <laughs> like see, it brought tears to my eyes and not. The reason why it brought tears to my eyes is because they brought um, two young people from mm. one of my main sessions mm. on Tuesdays um, and the parents came to the park as well mm. um, to say some nice words about me and that literally, that brought me to tears mm. you know, and it shows like the impact that I'm actually having on these... It's people. real, yeah, yeah it's yeah, made it real um, for you, yeah. Definitely, because a lot... A lot of times um, I um, doubt myself mm. on am I actually having an impact on these... Like we all do. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, that brought home, like, okay, I, I actually am then, you know. Um, and that brought 
that, that really did mm. make me cry. Um, I was at that point where I was telling the, um, telling the cameraman, you're probably going to have to edit this because I'm crying <laughs> too much. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it was, it was a really nice, it was a really nice movie. Mm, that, that, I just want to touch on that final moment when, I mean, I remember watching the video and one of the young people said, he's a hero without a cape. And that really stuck with me. Yeah. Um, what, first of all, you, did you know that, that that young person was and, and what did you feel when he said that? Yeah, so I, I know that little chap with Mario is, um, yeah, so when they were doing the video, um, I didn't know that he was actually interviewed mm. that day. Like I saw other kids being interviewed, but I didn't know he actually did interviews. So when they showed me the um, video before it got released, I was like, oh my God, like he's, <laughs> and then like, you know, he said that, but mm. that was, uh, that, that brought me to tears when, mm. when he said that. I was like, oh wow, mm. you know? And I knew from there yeah, like that it, it's going to be, it's going to be special, mm. you know, that I can, because what I wanted to do, win or lose, I just wanted to use that video anyway and go into like schools and mm. colleges and use it to talk about what I do. And because um, I thought it would be a very powerful piece um, to show young people. Mm. And just um, just that, on that final point, Kieran, and yeah. I was going to back to say, you know, what has been the reaction to winning the award in your area and how and how have you used momentum from it to, to spread that message of, of positivity and hope? Yeah, so... The um the reaction has been absolutely crazy on um see on like Facebook, um it's been it's been not so like I've had over on my own page I've had over a thousand likes and like over three hundred comments of people congratulating me. I've mm. had people kind of reaching out to me from nowhere just mm. adding me on facebook mm. and saying congratulations mm. um i've had people um like donate money to me mm. um or to our organization mm. um like i'm walking on the street and people uh telling me how much of an inspiration i am mm. and like the whole nottingham's behind you and mm. like it's just so nice and humbling to see that the support that I actually have and people actually care about what I'm doing and like that I can inspire other young I can inspire other young people and I can inspire um adults as well to mm. want to help their community as well and mm. show them that it can be done no matter what kind of background or challenges that you face, you mm. can make a difference in this world, you mm. know, and so that's been it's been amazing. Um, the feedback that I've got and now what I want to try and do now is capitalise on every opportunity that I get so I can um, bring Helping Kids Achieve to the wider, wider audience mm-hmm. I can and that enables me to help more young people and get more funding you know and give more young people opportunities to have a better start in life and that's what we're about and so hopefully i can do that with the new our final topic of conversation kieran and it's one that i have with all my special guests which is a general natter about our mental health so firstly how would you say your mental health is at the moment, mate? So I feel like my mental health is in a good place at the moment. Mm-hmm. Definitely in terms of I'm just feeling confident. I feel like I'm 
Um, yeah, I'm just in a good place where mm. like, I kind know of, that good things are ahead mm-hmm. at the moment. But one thing that I do kind of get that creeps into my um, head sometimes is um, like a, it's kind of a, a, a self-doubt mm-hmm. sometimes. So like imposter syndrome. Yeah. That's the word I was looking mm-hmm. for, imposter mm-hmm. syndrome. I, mm-hmm. I, I kind of get that a lot where I'm thinking to myself like do I deserve mm, these I get that as well mate don't yeah. worry yeah yeah <laughs> it's a it's a it's a very weird one man. like really like I'm getting all this recognition do you feel like you that. deserve it that sort of thing yeah yeah or you get that thing like do I should I be doing more even yeah. though I'm already doing so much as it is yeah, yeah this is it and then but then like it till it takes me for like someone to tell me that all the stuff that I'm doing and I'm like okay yeah yeah okay yeah I, I am making it becomes rational again doesn't yeah, it yeah 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 but I always do have that self-doubt because I I watch what other people are doing and think I've got to do what they're mm, that doing that comparison like, thing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like, tough it always, it always gets me and so yeah it's just dealing with that but other from that like yeah I'm just I'm happy and I'm in the I'm in a good place. Mm. And what tools do you and methods do you use in your own life to sort of improve your mental health? Mm. Obviously, you know, you're a big basketball fan, that must help a lot. But mm. what ones have you found that worked? Maybe what ones that you've tried that haven't, maybe? Yeah, so what I found is <laughs> yeah, something because um, what keeps me happy is um, doing what I'm doing. Mm. You know, going to my sessions. Just simple as that. The, yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah. Going to my sessions and working with the young people, that takes me away from all the other stresses of life. You know what I mean? Sometimes I forget that I have a personal life. Because mm. like... Uh, so just <laughs> so, me both. So, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, it's that kind of thing, really. Um, what I find good as well is running. Mm-hmm. Running is a very good tool to keep your mental health in check mm-hmm. you know because like it just takes your minds off everything mm. when you just run. you in your own space yeah, isn't it yeah, yeah. definitely um, I remember a couple of years ago I was um, running for the Robin Hood of Marathon mm-hmm. and um, yeah that just that just gave me so much energy and like drive and just mm. yeah it just that endorphin happy. rush yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was massive it was massive after after i'd come from a run i'd just feel like so energetic and i feel like i could just do anything you mm. know and i felt good in myself mm. and so definitely um running and i'd say like keeping yourself busy in something that you actually want want to do mm. you know that like gives you that drive um, I would say them two things are like really mm. good toxic masculinity is something that we try and break down a lot on this pod Kieran yeah. um, but I briefly wanted to touch upon it and how it relates to your work how you've experienced perhaps gang culture and how you try and break that down from your experience how have you seen toxic masculinity affect young people that you work with mm. um, whether it's to do with gangs or whether it's to do with other things like social media or it's mm. to do with um just anything else really that you've seen, what can you tell me about that? Yeah, so in terms of toxic masculinity, um, I've grown up around it where it's a thing of um, you as a male, you shouldn't show your emotions. If you show your emotions, you're weak or mm. why are you crying mm. or girl, like, mm. and girls cry, it's all that kind of thing, you know? And um, a lot of 
boys have been raised around mm. around that kind of environment, you know, where like they maybe not have not had like the right male role models around them where mm. the males are saying to them that like yeah you, you shouldn't cry or like if there's any um situation that like deal like you have to go and deal with it and like you can't make someone see you as weak mm. you know deal with I mean? it through violence yeah, yeah yeah so um it's all it's all that kind of thing really and like that has a massive effect on young people in terms of them getting into like the the wrong activities so mm. they're getting into um youth youth violence for instance um or start selling drugs mm. and all that kind of thing mm. you know and um so for me um it's a thing of like i'm just trying to help and break that break that cycle what like i've been kind of raised around just as a final question, Kira, and this has been a really great conversation, mm-hmm. um, what more do you think we have to do to ensure men from all backgrounds feel comfortable and safe opening up about their mental health? And just an additional one, why do you think men have struggled until almost very recently to express their emotions in different ways? Yeah, so um, I feel like it's just about talking to like your your nearest and dearest really you know i mean or like just seeking the right right support you don't you don't even have to be like a family member or a close friend just Mm. someone that and not a neutral arbiter maybe yeah yeah yeah. yeah. someone that you feel like you can just go and trust and Mm. like just let out your emotions to Mm. you know um and just like have a little cry there's nothing wrong Mm. with having a cry you know Mm. like in Crying actually makes you feel better. Crying mm. and hugging, mm. like it releases all them and endorphins, and like makes you feel happier. So like you need to do it instead of venting up all these emotions. Mm. You know what I mean? Because if you hold it in, like what I used to do when I was younger, I used to hold in all my emotions and then just like just let it all mm. out in a fit of rage mm. and like start fighting and mm. getting excluded from mm. school and all that kind of thing. Um, so it's good if you can just like when you need to cry, just cry. If you need someone to hug, give them a hug. Um, if you need to have that phone call, have that phone call with somebody so you can let your emotions out, really. And so yeah, sorry, what was the last? Question? The second one was just why do you think men have struggled maybe in recent until recently to sort of open up? Was there any? I mean, obviously you've alluded to it there, but do you think mm-hmm. there's any? reason that you found why men have maybe not been as open as they perhaps could yeah it's just that stigma really it's mm. the stigma of um again being seen as a, a weakling like oh like not as much man. of a man yeah yeah, yeah. yeah like i've had girlfriends say to me like oh you need to be a man like what does that even mean like, though what, what, yeah what being a man mean, you know what mm. I mean? Like, man don't mean that I can't show my emotions mm. or that I have to act a certain way. What is, what is that, you know what I mean? And so it's like, finding out, like, making men discover who they are and not what society wants them to be, mm. you know what I mean? And I think that's very important. Mm. Well, I think that's all we've got time for on this edition of the Just Checking In podcast. Kieran, thank you so much for being my special guest on this edition's pod and for checking in with me. 
hope you've enjoyed it. Um, as always, thank you to all the vendors who tuned in. Remember, if you've liked what you've heard, please give us a share on all the usual social media channels. Tell your friends or work colleagues about it. Or if feeling really generous, write us a review on iTunes. We hope to check in with you again very soon. And remember, it's always okay to vent. It's true.